to IG Radio. It's Alexa here, and I'm joined with Annie today. Hey, Annie. Hello. And it is just Annie today. Our third co-host, Avery, is on maternity leave. Um, oh. We have some amazing benefits here at Imposing Graduate <laughs> We take very good care of our employees. <laughs> Annie, how are you doing today? It's good um, to see you. Thank you. I'm doing good. Got a nice latte. Oh, who made it? Actually, this barista named Alexa did. What? So I guess we can clue him in a little bit that this is our first series we're recording in person. That's true. I know. If you have been um, following us for, I mean, I guess the very beginning, we have never recorded in person. It has Mm -hmm. always been online. Um, And that has been a trek in and of itself. Yeah. (laughs) But but yeah, this is exciting. This is exciting. Very exciting. Obviously, a, a perk of that is that I get to make... Annie coffee. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a perk for both her and I because I enjoy making coffee. Um, but Annie, I have a very important question for you. Um, um let's hear it. And and it's it's I mean if if this is the case, it changes everything. Okay. Did you know that you can do all things, all things through him who strengthens you? Are you kidding me? Like all that, things. That's in the Bible. Like that's, I could go jump off this roof right now and fly. That's what Philippians 4.13 says, all things. And people are posting, you know, on Facebook, social media, you want to pass a test, get a promotion at work? Are you sick, wanting to be healed? You can do all things. Wow, that is really mind-blowing. I wish more people knew that. That's, (laughs) I mean, yeah, right? (laughs) Like, and you would think that if that was the case, like, so many things would be different. It's true. But it is the case. Like, that's what Philippians 4.13 says. It, you know, I have my Bible open right here, and sure enough, that's I it. see it. Yeah. It's there. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so maybe, if you're listening, maybe what I just said sounds a little fishy to you. And I hope it does. So that is an introduction to our new series. Welcome to our new hermeneutical series here at Imposing Granger Radio. And here at IG Radio, if you've been following us... You know that we want to be edified in Scripture for the purpose of worshiping and drawing closer to God, right? It is not to um, increase our own intellect, but it is rather to bring us to Him. You hear that in our intro. And with that, a proper understanding of how to understand Scripture is demanded, which is where the hermeneutical process comes into play. And if you're listening, you may be thinking, Okay, guys, I've followed you, and now you're saying words like hermeneutical. Process. <laughs> like, you lost me. I'm logging out. See ya. But really, hermeneutics is simply a fancy word for reading and understanding scripture, mm-hmm. you know, in its most condensed form, when the study itself is actually very in depth. Um, and although this series will not be exhaustive, we hope that it will be educational in three specific ways. Um, one, debunking the most common verses taken out of context. And so you saw a little bit about that in the very beginning. Um, and not only are these verses taken out of context by believers, but also unbelievers. And then two, equipping you to properly read and apply Bible verses in your own life. So Annie and I's hope for this series is not for you to just listen to the episode and then walk away feeling good about a verse or feeling good about yourself for listening to a podcast and doing things with your time. Mm-hmm. But to apply what you've learned through this podcast series in your own personal quiet time so that you can then come to your own personal applications of what the scripture and Bible verses actually mean and actually say. And then three, we want to arm you with a defense for when these verses are improperly used so that you may lovingly correct and educate others. 
Because at the end of the day, loving somebody is calling out things that they believe that are false. And if they're believing something that's about the Bible that is false, you would be loving to point that out to them. And obviously in a loving manner. I'm really excited for this series because I think in the Christian circles that Mm -hmm. I've been in, one of the biggest complaints, I guess you could call it, is I don't understand the Bible. Mm. I don't understand what I'm breathing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. And then that leads to misinterpreting scriptures because you're just trying to make sense of anything that you can understand. And so I'm really excited and I'm hopeful that we will be clear enough and able to kind of consolidate because hermeneutics, I mean, I'm not even going to pretend I'm a scholar on the subject. <laughs> like it's no. a very, very in depth. Yeah. You can go super deep into mm-hmm. it, but we're just trying to convey to our listeners how to do like a bird's eye view to get you to that place where you can read scripture intelligently. And right. So, yeah. Um, and obviously we never want to separate this from the Holy Spirit. Like mm. as Christians, we are gifted the Holy Spirit. And so mm. like, don't be discouraged if you listen even to what we say and you're like, it just, it's too complex. It's too much. It's too hard. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. Rest easy. Mm-hmm. Just like the Holy Spirit is there. He is yeah. willing and able to help you mm-hmm. and understand the scriptures. And yeah. we are not working with blind eyes. We are working with eyes that have been made new. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All that to say, I'm, I'm really pumped. I'm really excited. This is something I particularly am passionate about. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I think especially living in a social media age, mm-hmm. whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, you see people cherry picking Bible verses all the time. Yeah. You know, um, whether it's a verse in a bio or if it's just a shared post, you know, it's very easy, very easy to just share one verse mm-hmm. and apply it to whatever you want it to apply to. Yeah. And we see that all the time. And it's not, I don't think people are doing it intentionally, wanting mm-hmm. to misconstrue scripture, but I think the repercussions of that are not good. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, intention isn't everything. Like you right. can, like you said, I don't think people are out here just trying to misuse the word of God, but on purpose yeah. right like and you can misuse scripture and make it sound nice but the ugly side of that is people misuse scripture mm-hmm. for evil yeah and wickedness and it's two sides of the same coin right so we got to be careful and that's what we're trying to convey we're not trying to make fun of people who have done this because we've all been there like mm-hmm I, I am not a professional at all. I don't know human being is perfect right. in there. We are sinful creatures who still bring a sin nature into our understanding of the scriptures. And right. we have to just rely and trust the Holy Spirit to reveal our folly to us and our error. So mm-hmm. please don't hear us here at Imposing Grandeur saying we've got it all <laughs> and you're stupid if you have done this before because we've all been there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you said was great. You know, first step even before going through the hermeneutical process, reliance on the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Because 2 Timothy, the word of God is living and active. Mm -hmm. You know, it is sharper than a double-edged sword. God is at work through the scriptures, and then he is at work in your heart. And so that reliance is first and foremost. Um, But with that being said, let's continue with the verse of this episode, which is Philippians 4.13, Um, which many of you who are listening to this podcast episode most likely know (laughs) because... (laughs) 
It's the verse athletes shout before a championship game or what the student may preach to themselves in the mirror before taking the final exam. You know, I can do all things through him who strengthens me is typically what people say when they need to draw on something greater than themselves in order to defeat a hard task or an enemy. And although this verse is one of the most widely known Bible verses, I mean, you've probably seen this verse on a poster with really pretty calligraphy or a Christian t-shirt or a keychain. It is also one of the most misunderstood and misused verses in all of scripture, which is kind of unfortunate because it's everywhere. Yeah. And it's funny, and I don't know if Annie, you've caught on to this, but as I was studying this, there's a slight irony to this whole debacle. So many Christians are rightfully against prosperity gospel, you know, which for those of you listening who are unaware, that is a false gospel. But yet some have no problem in swaying towards that ideology while interpreting this verse. And to paint this picture even more clear, I'm going to turn it over to somebody who has not been mentioned on our podcast for obvious reasons um, yet, but who today is making a guest appearance for the sake of holistic study, Mr. Joel Osteen. Wow. <laughs> Welcome I am to just the show. as surprised as you all are. <laughs> so, Joel Osteen is a prosperity preacher and therefore a false teacher of the largest megachurch in America. And he provided the following commentary on Philippians 4.13 in the January 21st, 2013 edition of his, quote, today's word, quote, devotional. Hmm. And so I have his commentary on the verse. Part of me wants to read it with an accent, because isn't he from Texas? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but I'm not going to embarrass myself. <laughs> but this is what Joel Osteen has to say on the verse, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. He says, quote, Most people tend to magnify their limitations. They focus on their shortcomings. But scripture makes it plain. All things are possible to those who believe. That's right. It is possible to see your dreams fulfilled. It is possible to overcome that obstacle. It is possible to climb to new heights. It is possible to embrace your destiny. You may not know how it will all take place. You may not even have a plan. But all you have to know is that if God said you can, you can. <laughs> so Wow. I can just hear him saying it now. <laughs> Although many of you have cringed probably when I said Joel Osteen, it worries me about how little of you may have cringed when I read his commentary on the verse. Because his understanding of that verse is unfortunately how many Christians are reading and interpreting Philippians 4.13. Mm -hmm. And an application that which could not be further from the truth. So what exactly is the truth? And in order for us to understand what this verse is talking about, we need to practice hermeneutics. Which, as I said before, is just that fancy word for reading and understanding scripture. And for this verse in particular... We're going to answer some hermeneutical questions in order to understand the application in its proper context, which, A, that's the first thing we're going to consider. What is the context? And this is something that you can go through on your own private study if you're reading a verse. These are all questions you must consider. Context is king. Have you ever received a letter, ignored the first and last page, and just pulled the random sentence from the middle to assume the entire content as a whole? No, of course not. Because... <laughs> That's just not how you read a letter. You consider the whole context. You start from the beginning, you work your way through, and then you finish to the end. You don't just flip through the letter and then pull out one random sentence and you're like, this is what the whole letter is about, right? Mm, right. And contrary to what some may think, the Bible is not just full of separate one-verse inspirational quotes, right? There are verses with context, and that's something we must consider. And the Bible contains different books, which are in different styles. You know, we have poetry, narrative, prophetic, apocalyptic— and we're going to be touching upon some of those styles throughout the series. 
And this style informs us on how they must be read and interpreted. And with that, we are then able to gain a proper context, which is vital in our understanding of any single singular verse. Not only will the context allow us to form the tone, setting, you know, holistic understanding of the book itself, but it will also help us in defining terms. For Philippians 4.13, for example, the verse becomes modified when we attribute do all things literally. Sure, you may win a championship game, but why stop there? Like, if I can do all things, does that mean I can fly with him who gives me strength? Hopefully by now you see how important these questions are and the difference that they may make on any verse that you read. Other hermeneutical questions we need to answer is who's the author? Who's the audience? Going back to my letter analogy, so say I was in the subway of New York City, found a love letter lying on the ground. I'm not going to blush and be like, oh, somebody there in New York loves me. <laughs> like, like, no, I'm probably going to see if anyone signed it and if there were any clues about who it was written to within the letter. You know, I'm going to pull out my detective magnifying glass and do some snooping work because that would be super interesting if you found an abandoned love letter. Um, likewise, the Bible is written for you and not to you. Although all of scripture is God-breathed and the authors were carried along by the Holy Spirit in their writing, like we see in 2 Peter 1.21, 2 Timothy 3.16, God used their situations and styles of writing to communicate his truths. So just like the context is important, it's also important to ask yourself who is speaking and who are they speaking to. As you begin to ask yourself these questions, you may begin to see the fog clear and the meaning of the verse becomes to take shape and be understood. And more than that, and what we hope for this series, you are then best able to then apply that truth of that verse to your life. So with all of that being prefaced and the hermeneutical importance kind of being established, hopefully, let's take our hermeneutical microscope and look at Philippians 4.13. So the book of Philippians is one of Paul's prison epistles, an epistle meaning letter. In this book, Paul is writing to the believers at the church in Philippi while in a dark first century prison cell, as we see in Philippians 1 verse 7. So we went back to the beginning of the book to see what the context was. He's in a prison cell. He isn't preparing to hike Mount Ararat or hype himself up for an Olympic game. He's in a prison cell while penning these words. And that's critically important and one that should affect how the rest of the letter is received while reading. Just given that fact alone, the popular prosperity and interpretation of this verse begins to crumble. Because we see, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's being written from a cell. That's not being yeah. written from somebody who just accomplished something amazing or is preparing to take on this huge destiny. And Paul's words in verse 13 continue from verse 10. So if you're going to isolate a verse, you're going to come out with a different conclusion. So it's important to see where that verse is connected to, where it begins. So in verse 10, Paul is wrapping up his thoughts and thanking the church for the, their financial support and concern from him. For him while he's in prison. But while thanking them, Paul is clear in verse 11 that although their gift was not unnecessary, Paul's relief had primarily been received through the contentment that God himself has provided despite his current circumstances. Paul reflects on the time that he has been brought low and the moments in which he was not suffering in prison and the moments of abundance and need of plenty and hunger. And as Paul reflects on these moments, he says that he has learned to trust God in every situation and that he has relied on God for his strength and for any circumstances and all circumstances, not his own faulty fortitude. Mm. So you kind of see this verse taking shape as we continue to look at the context. He attributes God's empowering to the strength that he had while in his cell and finds contentment in a situation, not because it's a pleasant situation, but because it is in that situation that he has Christ as his strength. And so if you're listening to this, 
and you're you're seeing how this verse is now taking shape and how you know this is written from somebody who is written in a not ideal situation but who is also saying I have learned that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. This should give you hope. You know, this verse is not just for those who finished a marathon who have achieved a dream or are chasing a destiny like a previous guest Joel Osteen would say. You know, application-wise, this is a verse for those who are broken, okay? Mm -hmm. This is for those who have no strength of their own or no resources to rely on. And this is for those whose dreams have been crushed and all they have to offer to God are the broken fragments of shattered hope. And so this verse, written by somebody in a dark circumstance, should be a light to us applicationally when we walk through tough seasons. And I say when we walk through tough seasons, not if we walk through tough seasons, because our circumstances will change. But the whole point of this verse is that God doesn't, and his power and presence in difficult circumstances is what enables us to have strength and contentment. And at the end of the day, isn't that the God we need? What good is a God who tells us to pursue material gain and worldly pleasure apart from him? We need a God who meets us in our darkest valley with his surpassing peace, satisfaction, and power, who draws near to us in all seasons, whether that's a dark valley or a prison cell or hunger, whether abundance or need. And it is because of this reality that we may join with Paul in proclaiming, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And that is not to say that he is empowering you to live a life that you want, a life that you think you deserve. But that is to say that in any season, like Paul, he will strengthen you to have contentment in him because at the end of the day, he is where all treasure is and where all satisfaction is. And if you're finding something apart from God to fulfill you, then you're not following God. <laughs> so, Right, and I think that's kind of the theme that's going to stand out as we go through these verses mm. is these verses are taken out of context, kind of like you're the God and you're just tacking on a little extra good luck to get you through this yeah. thing. And mm. it, like, it, it sounds like it's a good notion. Mm-hmm. Like you can do it with God's help. And it's right. like... But it is uh, you plus this little bit of extra luck That's that you're true. relying upon. And I, at least in our study with these verses we've chosen, that is definitely the theme. Mm-hmm. And um, That's it, just, true. it just continues down this path of self-centeredness. And it also has the surrounding context when misused of prosperity mm-hmm. and ease of life. And, mm-hmm. well, I trained super hard for this football game so I can win through Christ who strengthens me. And it's like, well, maybe what's best for you and what's for your good and God's glory is for you to utterly fail. (laughs) Yeah, Like that could, I mean, that's a simple example, but that could be your good. Like Paul, like Alexa, like what you're saying, it's literally being written from a prison cell. Mm -hmm. Like God's good for Paul was to be in prison pinning Mm -hmm. this letter. Mm -hmm. And there's, And as we continue on, y'all will see that there's just so much more to these scriptures, so much a weightiness and a seriousness. And when we trivialize them, it Mm. it almost makes me emotional and a little bit angry because I'm which not at you if you are misusing them, but just that that is our sinful nature Mm -hmm. to twist the words of God like. Hello, Genesis 3. I was are just we about not, to say, yeah, are did we he not really say you couldn't eat from the tree of knowledge? Exactly. Again? It's like, are we not back <laughs> in the garden again? Yeah. And it's like, so, and we just, the the um, the consequence of twisting scripture, like we can go to the extreme of, 
I mean, slavery was justified using scripture. Mm. Slaves obey your masters. And so that's an extreme bad consequence. But it's even something even worse could be this person has been told this scripture and they're relying upon it with what little they know about the Bible. And then they fail that test. They fail that football game or whatever. Mm. And now God's word is not true to them. Yeah. And so we just don't know. It's just wrong. Yeah. I guess is a better way to say it to misuse mm-hmm. scripture. And mm-hmm. we do need to be more careful. And mm-hmm. I like how you walked through and showed like Philippians 1 7, I think, is where you revealed that Paul is writing this from mm-hmm. a prison cell. And it it doesn't, hermeneutics doesn't have to take a ton of time and a ton of effort. Right. And it builds upon each other. Once right. you acquire this knowledge and you familiarize yourself with it, it's, mm-hmm. you don't have to go through the same process every single time you open your Bible. Like I can read Philippians now and know that it's being written from a, a prison cell and right. the essence of what Philippians is about. Right. I don't have to go through that process every time I read it. And so Yeah. I think a good gauge from what you were saying in the very beginning is like just a simple gauge to tell whether or not somebody is reading a verse out of context or you're reading a verse of out of context is to ask yourself, does this elevate man above God? Mm. Yep, <laughs> and it, it, whether it's in terms of importance or even just priorities, like am I elevating my own priorities above God's priority? Because, like you said, like maybe His plan incorporates you failing at something you don't want to fail in, mm-hmm. but maybe that is what He wants. Because in that, you will find strength in Him alone mm-hmm. and not in something else. Right. I think it was Johnny Erickson Tata. Who said that, which those of you who don't know, Johnny Erickson Tata is a paraplegic who has been paralyzed and has gone through so much. But for that reason, she is such an inspiration to others because she clings to the Lord through it. And she even says she was like, the greatest thing is finding Christ in your suffering. Mm. Like that is the greatest thing. And obviously she is one that has attested to that. And like you were saying, maybe maybe his ways are not our ways. <laughs> you know, like that sounds pretty biblical. Right. Maybe his thoughts are not our thoughts. And, you know, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways. That's a Bible verse. Y'all should look it up and then find the context. <laughs> but, but for real, like, right. and I think we do ourselves such a, mis- a, a misservice in taking these verses to apply to our carnal dreams and our half-hearted aspirations when in reality, God has so much more in store and you are depriving yourselves by not doing the work of hermeneutics. You are depriving yourselves by not looking into what the context is. Like the very fact that Paul is writing this from prisons, prison, that is a huge deal that doesn't take much work, like you said. And, and just like any other book, like if you're reading any book, you're not going to start in the middle. You're going to start from the beginning. Right. And so why would we treat the Bible any different? Why would we jump to Philippians 4? Obviously, like a lot of the time you don't have the time. But I think in order to understand, you have to give yourself that room of discovery. You have to yes. give yourself that room to understand. You you can't just put it on yourself to have to understand when you flip through your Bible, point to a verse and say, okay, I need to understand this. So I think with that, yeah, scripture reading, it can be difficult, but it's even mm-hmm. more difficult when you deprive yourselves from the natural resources you already ascribe to other reading, you know? Yes. Well, I was, I was going to add to that. In my experience, scripture is the only thing that is taken 
this way. Mm. And like I hear people say, I just don't get it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, did you understand math when you started Mm -hmm. studying it? Did you understand how to drive a car when you started it? Like, no. Scripture is the only thing where we get to throw it to the wayside and say, I just don't understand it. Therefore, you either get I'm not it or you do. don't. Right. And that's just not true. It <laughs> no. takes effort. Mm-hmm. And also, you may say, I don't have time now to go through all of this and do the work. Well, uh, if that's you, if that is what you say, I say this humbly, but seriously, in 10 years, you're going to be in the same boat. Mm-hmm. If that is your mindset, if mm-hmm. I just don't have time to learn the proper context and of these things— you're going to be a baby Christian 10 years into your Christian walk. Mm. And that is that is pitiful and sad. And I hope through this series you'll see why it is sad mm-hmm. and it's mournful and not mm-hmm. something to just throw to the wayside because mm-hmm. you're depriving yourself of God. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like Alexa said, he is our everything. He is our treasure. He is our satisfaction. And you can't know that unless you're reading scripture as it's meant to be read. Mm, yeah. Well, speaking of hard to understand passages, the Old Testament is known for being just understood by Christians. I mean, you have certain people who want to throw it away altogether, <laughs> not naming names, but um, obviously they're not throwing it away because it's hard to understand. I think there was a whole other debacle, but I digress. On our next episode, Annie is going to take us through not only a verse in the Old Testament, but also a verse that is well familiar amongst the Christian circles and the unchristian circles. And she is going to enlighten us with that context and how that should be properly applied. Annie, what verse is it? Well, I think we should uh, make them guess and figure it out. Oh, sneaky. I love yeah, it. If you want to um, DM True. us and let us know what verse you think we're going to be doing from the Old Testament. To, I just want to see if other people. They'll probably all guess it. I bet they will. I mean, just think really hard. Yeah. <laughs> or not hard at all, and you'll still guess it. Yeah. <laughs> but that will be our next episode, so tune in, and we can't wait to see you there. So join in, learn with us, and... Learn how to read scripture for your own good and for his glory. See you guys. Bye.